0: This is Jan Cox, talk number 2,545, recorded June 30th, 2000. First, what I wrote for this auspicious occasion. You know, the truth is, uh, throughout the years I have written, I have, I don't know, I have one of these small storage sheds that I bought full of this stuff, and I just go in on every time we're going to meet, and I just pull out five or six pages. But it's never failed I get here and start reading it, and I'll be damned if it's not, apropos. Which put me into insulin shock years ago, realize it doesn't matter. I just made that up, by the way. I wrote this just for this evening. One mother reprimanded her children with such regularity that all she had to do was open the door to their room and look in and they would all stop what they were doing and in unison say, Yes, Mama, we know who we are, and we know what we did. The well-known von Trapp family, made famous in the movie, The Sound of Self-Confinement. I still take note how hard it is to put German-based humorous metaphors into you people's side pocket. The Von Traut family. <laughs> and now some news from cosmology. The universe is large enough to contain everything. Except one thing. Headline Some reasons why the mind is so difficult to control. The mind never stops, and it's hard to find someone who can stay awake long enough to watch it all the time. Thoughts chase thoughts. Thoughts have no home base at which to stay. Your mind automatically attracts thoughts. Your mind enjoys thoughts. Nothing can control the mind except thoughts. But they are the very things of which the mind solely consists. And lastly, the mind doesn't want to be controlled. And I have no idea who it was that ever told man that it should or could be. These are just a few of the reasons that the mind is so difficult to control. As you may have noticed, I left out the reason having to do with a closed system which is far too obvious and incendiary. One man pondered, is self-criticism a function of the primary realm or of man's secondary one? And after much consideration of this question, one fact did finally strike him clearly. Quote, I never feel any self-directed criticism when I am fully under the influence of hunger fatigue, or sexual arousal. Hmm, he mused. Hmm. Any new effort to change will uncover new sources of resistance to change. I remind you, to clear off one area, you must litter another one. The belief in uncontaminated change is the view of but one rider on one end of a seesaw. And a sleeper never realizes that he rides both ends. The controlling facts in this matter are as follows. Nothing affects anything else. Everything affects everything else. Nothing makes any difference at all. Everything always makes some difference nothing matters and everything matters and this is better than a chinese menu for you do not have to make a selection from the above list they all come to your table automatically an enlightened man does not go from here to there what happens is that he tries to clean off here and when the dust settles It's over there. Same dust. Same man. Different spatial perception. People involved in a system for change are not involved with what the system says that they are. Sorry about that. A somewhat poetic parallel is posited between man's primary and secondary worlds via this offering by one chap. Quote, What good is it to have a wiener without having a woman, or to have a woman without having a wiener? What good is it to have a mind without having a plan, or to have a plan without having a mind? Are any of you now beginning to have hot flashes concerning the lip lock twixt illusionary self-criticism and the reality of living in a closed system? A boy asked his father, What's worse than believing that something's wrong with you? And the elder replied, Believing someone else when they tell you that something is wrong with you. The boy pondered this for a moment, then said, Really? No man said, no, not really. (laughs) So why'd you tell me that, asked the boy. And his father replied, because you are obviously wanting support for your condemnation of yourself for believing that something is wrong with you, and I just figured I'd fuck it up a bit. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. If you did not take your thoughts to be you, You would not take yourself to be asleep. One man says, when I read the words of another, I take a fictional dream journey in my mind. When I read the thoughts in my own head, I take what I perceive to be a non-fictional one. Ah, perceptions. ah indeed after years of going from one expensive mystical teacher to another one man's finally settled on a cut rate dominatrix (laughs) self criticism stripped to the bone you might say hmm Now, a reading from our book of deep, deep thinking. The first philosopher said, I had no CDs and felt sad till I met another man who had no CDs either, but who also had no hearing. Then I felt greatly ashamed of myself. And the second philosopher said, What are you, nuts? (laughs) That was from the chapter entitled, The More You Understand About the Bicycle of Self-Criticism, The More Difficult It Is to Keep It Upright. A boy asked his father, Is there a place in this life for a man who's achieved the enlightenment? To which his father replied, Where else could he be but in this life? A boy asked his father, is there a place in this life for a man who has awakened? And his father replied, yes. In the same place with the sleeping. After declining repeated requests that he write his biography, one man explained, I'm afraid if I did, that I'd one day read it ...and believe that that is actually the kind of guy I am. Anything that anyone says is true. And anything that anyone says is also false. Ergo, where is the need or benefit in you saying anything? The most startling, though unrealized, fact regarding self-criticism is not that it is useless... But that it is illusionary. It doesn't exist. Self-criticism is simply not possible. One day, while ruminating on that certain subject, one man said to himself, it's no actual disgrace to not realize what's going on, but it probably should be. Rushing in breathlessly, one man says, I have, I may have stumbled on something quite useful. I just realized that I can focus my thoughts on things of the mind or keep them on things physical. And you probably are going to have to look into this matter for yourselves, but as for me, I'm telling you, the practical implications of this has proved most surprising." Related to this, you might be interested to know, is a law in a nearby alternative local reality which says that you can either think from your mind or think from your crotch and that none but the enlightened can do both in the proper proportions. And another law states that it cannot be stated as to what is the proper proportions. And that certain father again said to that certain homebody son, I'm telling you, You ought to get out more often. And by the way, let's try to get one particular matter cleared up once and for never. The only evidence that a man is fully and permanently awake would be that he now never thinks about being asleep. And don't say to yourself, I don't get it. No one who thinks about it gets it. See, that's the point. corollary a man who actually knows what he's doing related to the struggle to awaken doesn't actually know anything related to what he's doing you can think from the mind or perhaps from someplace else and finally one one lazy summer day his life was just lounging around It looked at itself and thought, God, but I'm putting on weight. Then suddenly thought, what the hell am I doing? I can't get away from me to look at me and tell whether I'm putting on weight or not. Good God, am I losing my mind? (laughs) So much for local self-criticism, boys and girls, straight from the universe's mouth. For those of you who were here last time and whose memory spans temporal areas in excess of 48 hours, will recall that I was talking about self-criticism and put it to you as best I could in words. That past a certain point that all of you, as I said, should be there, but I've revised that. I said that you should be that point, even if you'd never thought about it simply because i brought it up should bring you to the point i've revised that i say now that you are to the point there is no question because you heard me say it when you heard me say it you couldn't go that's interesting although it doesn't apply to me it does now so if you recall my comment was that although no one would try to change no one would try to become elected treasurer instead of recording secretary of the philanthropists as the club without engaging in some form of self-criticism, believing that they should change, that would be a benefit to them, and that they shouldn't stay in their present position. And the way I put it to you last time was that past a certain point, self-criticism not only is useless, but it is actually a hindrance. The page I pulled out. The news item. Takes it even further. Since I couldn't put in words. And I still can't. I never assumed I could. What I am saying about self-criticism. It's just. You're at the very edge of what all of this. Is about. You're at the very edge. Even if you'd never heard of mysticism. If, if an ordinary man. I don't guess of any great importance if I just thought of this, to tell you. If an ordinary man actually realized that self-criticism is not useful and, in fact, is a hindrance, an ordinary man would be awake. I don't see any benefit in speculating what he'd think had happened. He'd probably think he had a mini-stroke, had a small blood clot. I guess he'd lay down, throw some cold water on his face. Not only is it not possible to describe it, what I mean by it, you have to be there. You have to be awake to realize it, I guess. But since even that description wasn't adequate, I thought, what the hell? (laughs) As far as I'm concerned, I will up the stakes, and it might be of some benefit if some of you consider it this way. I got some nerve. Pulling this out and dwelling. I had some nerve writing this. I've got double nerve now to pull it out and to wave it around here as though I'm going to expand upon it. The most startling thing about self-criticism is not what I told you last time which on the surface in and of itself is sufficiently startling for anyone with any intelligence that is that me saying that self-criticism is useless and is ultimately a hindrance here's the real startling part it's not possible And for the benefit of those who did not have the benefit of a secondary education. I'll go ahead and vocalize the obvious. And that is that self-criticism is obviously possible. That you can do it any time you choose. You do it a lot of times when you don't really think about it or choose to do it, but to say that self-criticism doesn't exist is, and you know, what kind of metaphor is that? Yeah, yeah. Here's the truth. Maybe we'll go back to better metaphorical things. I'm thinking about giving one of my allegorical journeys since Odysseus and Macbeth went so well. I'm thinking about taking on something else. But... Since we're at the weekend, and it's too late to turn around now. This is not really metaphorical. Self-criticism doesn't exist. And I know that any, everybody can say, well, I'm engaging in it constantly. I can do it right this second. And I can not only do it, I can do it with a valid basis. I have... I have an unprofitable temper. I am detrimentally shy. Or you could look down, let's say that you weighed half a ton, and say, I'm overweight. And I'm critical of it. So don't say self criticism doesn't exist. It does not exist. There is no such thing. Everyone pretend you have a cup of coffee and a cigarette in your hand. Now stop and pretend I'm taking and just everybody is over sitting around a, in a coffee shop. And everyone, just for a second, try it. Ruminate. <laughs> Reflect. I'm telling you, it does not exist. There is no such thing. Take a sip, take a puff. Look out the window. Take another sip. Counting tonight for the last three nights in the news, I have thrown in a story wherein life did something. I changed it, but it was always the same story. That A lull in life's proceedings, during a lull, life in some way reflected on itself. And in every instance, immediately went, what the hell am I doing? I can't reflect on myself. I don't know whether I'm putting on weight or not. I have a suspicion, or I did have, even if it's ill-founded, that put in that way, that I might be able, or some of you might immediately grasp something on your own. But surely everybody can understand this. If the universe itself was a living thing... With something resembling a consciousness sufficient for us to talk about it. And when I say the universe, I, everything that we know, let's assume that's all there is. Is this universe. This universe cannot reflect on itself. Or it can't look at itself. Let's make it really, literally feasible. This universe cannot look at itself. It, Where's it going to go? How's it going to stand aside of itself and take a look? It has nothing to compare itself with. But it literally, understand, the universe cannot step aside. There's not a mirror outside the universe that the mirror can get away from, stand in front of the mirror and look at itself. If I wanted to argue this, if I was just playing mental games with people, I could come up with a assault on that. But I assume, you see what I'm saying, the universe literally has got no other place to walk away from itself and look and non-physically it can't really reflect on itself because it has nothing to compare itself to so even though I didn't use the term self-criticism here it goes you're supposed to put it together yourself can everyone just write quick it doesn't take a great deal of thought you if you can hear what I'm saying the universe itself could not engage in self-criticism It wouldn't be possible. The universe could never think of it. How could it be critical of itself? To be critical of yourself, you have to have an awareness of some other possible state. Now, we think individually we have knowledge of different states. So we can look at ourselves and know, well, I weigh 150 pounds. or I weigh 250 pounds. And that person weighs 150 pounds. They're my height. And they look like I want to look. Therefore, I'm critical. I weigh too much go back to the universe the universe has no other universe the universe how would it ever come up with the notion of being self-critical if some way it heard the term self-criticism how could it make any sense out of it how could the universe be critical of itself on what basis compared to what there is no what well i thought maybe some of you surely you can say that it may slip back and forth and you see it and then it's gone, but surely you can see that. You might then believe that the exception, well I know the mind does, that the exception is when we get to a more local, when we get to an individual level, that self-criticism is possible. I think somebody's catching on. It's not possible. There is literally no such thing as self-criticism in spite of the fact that I know that we all engage in it and can define it, and the whole world would say, well, yes, there is. Maybe you're you're meaning that some of it is not genuine or some of it is not well-founded. There is no such thing. What we call self-criticism is not. I still admit it's hard for me to preach much of a sermon past this point on the subject. But if you get any glimpse of that, it will shake up everything you've ever tried to do or give you a slightly different view of everything you've ever done. Everything that you thought you understood about you, the whole idea of being in some sort of hypnotized, sleepy, dreamy state, and then the possibility of being in another one. If you clean up one area, again, we're assuming we live in a closed system. I'm just talking about the the known universe with no, at this point, no metaphorical implications. Within a closed system, not inside your damn house, not inside your room. But in this universe, you do understand to clean off one area. is not to change anything. It's to rearrange dirt. You can dust your room. You can vacuum your house. Then you throw the vacuum bag in the garbage, and the garbage ends up where? In, in some poor, harmless, law-abiding landfill. Or you just dust your house very vigorously like people, you know. Like you see people. Let's say you really dust it. Open your windows and all. Hey, it's either going in your yard or in your neighbor's house. Of course, what really normally happens, people just don't like to notice it. You just dust the living room, and it goes to the den. You dust the den, it moves in the bedroom. You dust it, and it goes in the front bathroom. You dust it, and it's back in the living room. And you think, well, is that all the rooms? Yeah. (laughs) Does anybody understand that I'm talking about the struggle to awaken? I ain't talking about goddamn dusting. (laughs) And I'm talking about why I started out talking about. Self-criticism is not possible. A closed system is a closed system. It's only sleeping consciousness, which is if you ever recall, for a while I tried to call it local consciousness. It sounded, nobody seemed to, well, began to sound a little bit too new agey or for me. But years ago, to me it's always been a very good way of looking at it verbally. That to be asleep, would to be ordinary, you have local consciousness. You have consciousness of you. You're the center of the universe. That's the way it's supposed to be. There's a sense that there's you and then there's the rest of life. But it's mainly you, you know, the big deal, and the rest of life, which is, you know, not much of a deal. There's some semi-reasonably sizable deals, such as your family, maybe, and good friends. But it's mainly you staying up on the mountaintop somewhere. You know, it's you and the rest of these clowns. It's you and the rest of life that there is a division. Whereas there is no division. That is local consciousness. That is individual consciousness. It is the normal workings of the mind. It's the only way, as I keep trying to point out, it's the only way that the mind can work. The only way that the mind can do anything efficient, anything worthwhile, is based upon the fact that the possessor of said mind is not the same thing as life. That what's inside of us is not the same thing as, as what's outside of us. Would there be no such thing as technology? There would be no attempt, much less success, to manipulate the environment, the world outside of us. For want of a better term, it is, under ordinary conditions, it is a necessary impression or a necessary illusion. But how can you be separate from life? How can men believe that? Of course, I'm being rhetorical, I know how, but I'm trying to get you to consider the matter because ordinary people who have no interest in matters such as we talk about, if they heard it, ordinary people do not make such distinctions between owls and life, between trees and life. As we all know, we have developed a whole science. People's already been thinking about it, but now we have the whole field of science of ecology. But man, notice the way it's treated man, uh, even though they have to include him theoretically, man is looked at primarily as being a destructive interloper. And if the less he has to do with the ecology, <laughs> the better off we are. Pretend you got a cup of coffee and a cigarette and look out the window. And smile broadly. I was just off to the side. You all do know. That that is the. General. View. Of ecology in general. Is that man. Is mucking up the ecology of this planet. And that literally. The less man has to do with the ecology the better. Does anybody understand the same thing as asking Life. You know, do you realize you're putting on weight? If not, step aside there and look in the mirror. That's the universe. But man do. The human brain, the human mind, perceives humans as being apart from the environment. There's nothing, there's no greater description, sometimes it seems to me, no greater verbal description of what being asleep is than that. That you're apart from life. And it's not some simple mental error. It's not some mistake that's been made. It's not some result of some adverse influence in your upbringing. The mind feels itself apart. It feels itself. You don't think it. You don't plan it. It's never been plotted. You become conscious. As I used to point out, to me, that's one of the great uses of the idea of a fall from grace. in the Christian Judaic. Tradition, the expulsion from paradise. Because when you're in paradise, according to the Old Testament story, you were with God. You were one with life. But when you you ate of the forbidden fruit, which is just a way of saying men became conscious, the mind became active, it was out of there for you. That is, men then felt as though, what happened? They felt like I'm outside the garden. I'm outside of paradise. I am some way, at least slightly, alienated. Well, I shouldn't say that. Not necessarily alienated. I retract that. Apart from life. The the mind feels as though it stands apart, and in one sense it does. Because as far as we're aware, in this whole universe, but at least this planet, our mind is singular. We have nobody else to communicate with. We have nobody else to fellowship with. That is no other creature. We're it in the mind. Anyway, I can't explain why. There is no reason why. It's just an observable fact for anybody with any intelligence that being human, and I'm saying it's having a mind, you feel apart from life. You do not, ecologists, ordinary people, they realize, they can weave out words at great length about how the spotted owl the darter fish, the darter snail fish, or whatever it was, but how any creature, a plant, some lowly how kudzu, is now an intricate part of the ecology of certain parts of the United States, even though it's seen as a pest plant. But that every little creature, a slug, some strain of bacteria, but anyway, apparently sentient creatures, that everything has a place. And they can point out, they can rhapsodize or at least theorize about the importance that this particular creature plays and how it is an intricate part. You just walk past these little plants all the time and you never even think that they are the oxygen machines of the planet. But they can go through all that and they do. the human mind does not sense in any way that humans are in the same position. It's just a simple fact. I get tired of going over it and I get tired of hearing me. I just can't believe that all of you on a clear day, even if you can't see forever, you can see that. It is only, it's not that one thing causes it, but it is only by being in the state where you feel apart from life that you can experience, that you will engage in self-criticism. It doesn't exist. When you do it, you're dealing with something that is illusionary let me repeat really I wish you well you know I'm encouraging to consider it I didn't bring it up just to talk is to really consider it that I'm saying literally take it just as head on as possible that you know that you have self-criticism and you know that you have it that apparently is more than just well founded in an ordinary sense That everyone who wants to achieve the greatest possible state of enlightenment, awakening, and liberation, etc. Is in a constant state. A constant state of awareness. Based on criticism that I am not fully, permanently awakened, enlightened, and liberated. I continue to be drawn back into it. I continue to replay and to retrace missteps I make. Uh... There's just, there's some things I know about me, things I have not been able to permanently overcome, that I have not been able to permanently stop. And as long as they're there, as long as I still engage in them, it is that very thing, even if no one else knows it, it is that very thing that is driving me bonkers. So certainly I'm critical of it. I'd do anything almost to stop it. Try and consider. Make it your weekend project. that I say that self-criticism is an illusion. And I just went through on your behalf that it's not an illusion. That it's very important to people like us, that it's the heart of it. If you're not feeling self-criticism of some sort, then that means one of two things. You're either wide awake or you're an idiot. That is, you believe you're wide awake and you just don't notice. You now dream that you're awake and you just stay asleep all the time. But I'm... Just repeat it to yourself. It's my s- strong suggestion. That self-criticism is an illusion. It does not exist. The reality of everything, the reality of what this is, the reality of what life is, is right there in that. It can't be true. And I swear to God, it's true. It's an absolute fact. Self-criticism is an illusion. It can exist. It doesn't exist. It's not possible. It's not possible, even though you do it. It's not possible. So if you're doing something, it's not possible. <laughs> if you're engaged in something, it doesn't exist, even though you're engaged in it. <laughs> Isn't that worthy of some, you know, yes. like, hmm, hmm, hmm? How can, and plus... If you need more for your weekend project. Plus, how can you be engaged in something that doesn't exist? I tried not to throw that one in, but how is it possible? I made up a story for you. I've been saving it for a long time. I just made it up just now. I've been saving this for the appropriate moment. A man went to see a reputed awakened master. And when he sat down and he says, I don't know one thing. I've heard about this all my life and I never investigate. I've read some about it. But I I want to know from an authority. And he leaned over the desk to the awakened master and says, Am I asleep? (laughs) The guy said, Yes. He says, can you tell me how long I've been asleep? He says, Oh, just a couple of seconds. <laughs> does get it? I did not change the subject. I'll try it again. How do you know you're how does anybody ever know they're asleep? How did you first come to the conclusion you're asleep? Or, Again, whatever term you first found, but that being. And the answer is, I read I was. Or someone told me I was. You didn't slip and trip. I did the same thing. I don't know any way around it. And as soon as you read, man is asleep, you went, yes, I am. The question was, how long have you been asleep? Well, since you read that. But. The mind, I know this, your mind says, if somebody told me this 40 years ago, I would have just probably walked out or ignored it. The mind says, that's ridiculous, that doesn't make any sense. And to that I say, so what? Can't you come up with something more original than that? It does make sense. Does anybody get it? You can say it doesn't make sense. Well, again, for us people of low IQ, let me repeat, or let me make it real clear. Just the words. Imagine almost that we're seven or eight years old playing those kind of games, at least that guys used to play. How do you know you're awake? How do you know you're asleep? Well, I read I was. And I can say, you weren't asleep until you read, until somebody told you you were asleep, and you went, yeah. Now, literally, that's true. But, but your mind would say, well, I just didn't know the word. I just never heard about being asleep. I'd been interested in things philosophical and religious, and I just kept reading until I found this book that says, uh, man is asleep. Man believes that he is walking around and is fully conscious when he gets out of bed, but man is not. He lives primarily, he lives to a large extent in a dream world of his own making, resulting from his own level of consciousness. And even though he motivates, even though he operates in the daytime physical world, a lot of what he believes, sees, and experiences is no more than a dream. It's not a full-fledged experience of reality. That man is literally walking around asleep. And you read it and go, yes, now that's it. I say... How long have you been asleep? And you can say, well, all my life. I say, no, no, no. You weren't asleep until you read that. But your mind would say, you're being silly. I didn't have a word for it, but I was asleep. Has it finally come to the fact that six billion people are finally sane and awake, and I am the only idiot left? What am I, nuts? Uh, We're really back to the, as far as I'm concerned, we're back to the same place. I'm telling you, if you would just take that and get to the bottom of it, to your own satisfaction, if you could pop it open and pop you open to do it, you're at the bottom of everything. That is, I say you're not asleep until somebody tells you you are, until you hear about it. You're not deluded. Does everybody get it? Or at least get what I'm saying? The idea, how about another version? So we don't just stick with my words. Maybe a shift of view verbally. The idea in certain areas that the struggle to do this is to achieve Buddha mind. Then I can say everybody has Buddha mind until you hear about it. And then you don't have it. When you hear that if you struggled, if you lived by such and such principles, or if you could achieve the awakening, you would have Buddha mind. Then I can say, everybody has Buddha mind until you hear about it. Then you don't have it. You think I want it. So that's the part. For thousands of years, there's been people that, I give them some credit, that understood something, including Buddha, supposedly. When they ask him... Oftentimes, times, how do you achieve Buddha mind, awakened mind? He would say, well, there's nothing to achieve. You already have it. Now, they went that far. But I have read a decent amount. And I've been around. And I'm telling you, as far as I know, no one ever said. They didn't carry it backwards. They didn't carry it further. Even Buddha didn't. Just when he was asked, how do you achieve enlightenment or how do you achieve Buddha mind? And he said, well, there's nothing to achieve. You already have it. And then I'll wait for the rest of it, at least to himself. See, if I wrote the story, then I would say that he turned to somebody and muttered, muttered to himself. And when the person said, Well, I don't understand it, I, I don't realize if I have it, I don't know it. The part he left out was not only do you have it, but you had it and were doing okay until you heard about it, and then you lost it. Even if that makes no sense, according to you. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate according to you even if that makes no sense just pretend for a second it does and then right quick before you can get over it then try to think what I said that self-criticism doesn't exist or if you've got to slip up on it that self-criticism is useless literally you know if you do need to slip up on it I, even though I went over this part pretty quickly Really, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you need another way of considering it, instead of just, if it's too big a gulp to try and work on the fact of me saying it doesn't exist, that there is no such thing, let that go for a second. And I just tell you that it's useless. And I don't mean conditionally, and I don't mean metaphorically. It is useless. It does nothing. And that's obviously not true. It can't be true. It's just silly. That's not. Of course, I've got to point this out. The reason it's useless is it doesn't exist. But that's, again, the big-time version. But at least you can start off trying to consider why would I say that serves no purpose? Well, again, I recommend, since I don't guess it's hurt anybody terminally that I know of, is consider the fact that I keep all of it saying outright, but consider the fact, reconsider, Have you actually changed at all, discounting, factoring in the mechanical flow of aging? But have you actually changed at all through your own effort from trying to awaken? Of course, the answer from everybody's mind is, well, certainly. Hmm. It takes a man... Pretty well into a dream, if not a full fledged stupor, to say certainly to anything. Certainly. Oh, obviously. And do bay. How about this? Well, there's an old story that I've been holding in reserve. I just made it up. guy who had been at some school for awakening for a number of years one day the head great and lies enlightened awakened poobah head sage called him in and says I understand you had a birthday one year so my present for you is after all these years I'll answer questions for you personally and the guy said well Tell me some things you never told anybody. So the sage said, okay. Uh, You've been here, my recollection, about 20 years. As far as I know from observation, you have followed all of our disciplines. You've done all the readings. You've done all of the rituals. You've done all the work required. The guy said, yes, I've tried to. He says, well, all right, here's something I never told anybody. This counts you and everybody else here. Uh, all the progress you've made is an illusion. You haven't changed whatsoever since you've been here. And I mean, not just you, but everybody. I just never told anybody else that. You have not changed whatsoever. And I wrote several versions of this story. One is the guy falls down, passes out, foams at the mouth. The other version is he jumps up, screams, bounces off the wall back and forth, starts literally riffing his hair out and screaming and leaping up and down, and he runs off, out of sight. Take your choice. Sometime later, he either comes out of the stupor, or sometimes later, he returns from over the horizon, and he now understands what's going on. He's got it. And the one thing that did it was the head guy telling him that he hadn't changed one bit through all the efforts? So, after the initial shock from that one thing, according to my story, that was the one thing that finally pushed him over the edge and went, aha, and got it. It's one of those things that can't be true. We're living proof that it can't be true, right? Everybody here said, right. <laughs> for you people out of town. So feel free, you sing there together in private, out loud, go, right. Yeah. The only thing is, I do not really care for the degree of certainty with which I heard you say, right. We just covered that. A more intelligent, a more enlightened, response would have been something like, Well, maybe. <laughs> or a tentative, a questioning. Right? I'm gonna leave it with you but I'm telling you that was one of the great ones that I really got something out of. It always sounds weird that I taught myself. It shouldn't it should sound weird because it can't be true. But at any rate When I thought of that, this one thing, that self-criticism doesn't exist, that was one of the things, the realizations that really helped me. That doesn't make anybody want to fall on the floor and laugh. It doesn't have anything to do with me. Do you understand it's the other side of self-criticism? How in the hell, how would the universe tell itself something? How would it teach itself something? And the universe has got to be the mother of all smart things, I couldn't think of a more more scientific description. (laughs) Well, it is the supreme all-encompassing cache of all intelligence. Because it's all of our intelligence and any other intelligence floating around the universe. But how would the universe teach itself something? How? It's not possible. How could the universe have a thought and go, huh, I never thought of that. Where'd the damn thought come from? (laughs) So, see, that's what's funny, even though it seems to be true, I go along with it myself, that I had a thought. One day, doing whatever it is I do in my head all the time, most of my life, thinking about self-criticism, and all the various ways I looked at it and things I got, it suddenly hit me. That there is no such thing. And it's just clear as hell. It does not exist. And I say that that was one of, just one of the great things that I got for myself. Am I crazy? Why would somebody say that? How did I teach me something? How did I come up with something that I didn't know? How? I was sitting there trying to think about also. God knows what. But Let's say the subject of self-criticism was on my mind. And suddenly I thought it doesn't exist. Something I'd never realized before. Something I did not know as far as I... I'm not sure anybody knows it. And now I know it. How in the hell does anybody believe that happened? That is, I didn't know it. And then suddenly, some way you know it. in spite of the fact I didn't know it, I suddenly knew it and said it and went, Oh my God, I didn't know that. Well, who the hell just said it? Who just thought it? Am I right or wrong? And of course, I'm right, but the mind wants to go, never mind all that shit. Give me a headache. If that gives you a headache, you deserve a headache. Does anybody understand it's the same thing? It's the other side of the coin, so to speak, of my comment about self-criticism. What I just described, all of you do all the time, we'll assume, any good anyone actively involved with in such as this at least did you feel like well I discover things all the time of course ordinary people believe they do writers of fiction philosophers obviously oh everyone in this consider themselves a professional in the social sciences anyway that you constantly people having thoughts and going wow I never realized that before and they don't necessarily use these words but what occurred and they would have to agree was wait a minute you thought of something that you didn't know before. Yes. And so in a sense, you taught yourself something. And people are very prone to go, well, yes, I do that a lot. I, I do have such and such education, but most of what I know that's really a real benefit to me. You know, I, I got them on. I taught myself. Wow. Are we all just babbling idiots? <laughs> there you sit. In a thought, self-criticism doesn't exist. Damn! That explains so much. And you just don't use these words, but you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying, all right, you didn't know that. No! No, it's the first time I ever thought it. All right, you didn't know that, right? But then you just thought that. Yeah. So now you do know it. Yes. So in a sense, you taught yourself something that you didn't know. Well, you... Well, you well, yeah, kind of. Are you an idiot? Are you a card carrying moron? But it's the same thing. Self criticism is like, well, I used to ask you this every now and then is when you do learn something new. Well, I always thought if I said, self, you just on your own use, self criticism is by and large a waste of time. I used to think it was profitable, but fuck it. Now, no better. All right? You learned something new. Yes. All right? Then, then when you didn't know that before, then you were ignorant of this fact. Yes. All right. This ignorance about that fact. Now that you understand it, where did the ignorance go? Some of your memories. I used to ask that. You know where it went? You dusted off the kitchen, and it went into the bedroom. Yes. But now I was ignorant. I didn't understand that. Now I do. Where did the ignorance go? Where did the lack of understanding go? Well, I replaced it with ill-knowing, with understanding. I don't know how anybody, well, they can't if they thought about it. Ecologists, philosophers, ordinary people. There's no place for anything to go. What's called change, I defined for you, I newly defined it for you last time. What people call change is rearrangement. Yes, I taught myself this. I didn't know it, and suddenly I knew it, and I told me, and I went, wow, is that true? And I went, yeah, and I thought, Jesus. Boy, it's good knowing me. Because a lot of this stuff I didn't know, and now I know it, thanks to me. Plus, a lot there's a lot of things about me that are, unsight, that are condemnable. There are a lot of things about me that should not be, and uh, if it hadn't been for me, I wouldn't know about it. If it hadn't been for me pointing out, you shouldn't be like that. I thought, no. I went, no. <laughs> I went, well, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. You're sure. Would I lie to you? Ooh. You got it right from the horse's uh, mouth. Yeah. I Sometimes I get the ends mixed up. Would you lie to you? How can you not lie to you? How can you believe that you're talking to you? I repeat, to be ordinary, to retain any semblance of walking around sanity, you must believe that you have some control over your life. I say, amongst others, there is no better definition of being asleep, deluded, and absolutely captive with an anvil on your dick than to believe that you have some control over your life. Well, I don't know. I'll think about that. I figured you would. I just, I don't know. I just, you struck me as the sort that would say, well, I'll think about that. Am I a soothy slayer or not? I just knew that. Happy trails to you and trigger. That concludes this talk. Be sure to visit us at JanCox.com, where you can search through 3,000 talks for topics of interest, or just leave us a message.